We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. You're joined by Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow for an episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It's a little bit before 8 o'clock on Monday, June 27th. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing okay. It's it's kind of been a little bit since me and you've kind of sat down and, and talked. That's well, that and that's really, you know, in the off season, particularly with what we're kind of dealing with now, there's a reason we could talk every day and then there's a reason we could talk <laughs> not at all yeah. and so just due to the sheer amount of time we spent together over the last six months i've sort of opted to leave you alone uh but <laughs> the course of events the last several days going back into last week uh has just sort of called into question the need for us to at least hash a little bit of stuff out Uh, Before we start, I do want to note that like I'm always a little bit reluctant to talk free agency stuff unless we're just talking pie in the sky things. But the problem is, is we've gotten a little more, I don't want to say professional, but just as we've you know made more acquaintances in the media space, I think all of us like Josh and I both kind of hear more stuff. And I don't ever I'm not a reporter and I don't want to be a reporter. There's no upside for it. I've said that for years and so the but the flip side of that is like I talk a lot and I don't want to get on a podcast and say something that could inadvertently be considered reporting. So it's like we've been reading, you know, we've been following along with some of our our friends and people in media that we look up to and read like Mark Stein for example and you know as recently as you know after media day Jake Fisher on Colin said that the um Jalen Brunson thing was a done deal and that he was telling uh, he was telling his teammates he was done. At least he's he's kind of hearing this third hand is what Jake said on Colin. And so over the next, it's it's been about three weeks. We've sort of seen a slow turning of the dial to where, well, this maybe isn't really a done deal. Um, Tim McMahon has has done some reporting on it. Mark Stein did a lot of extensive reporting following the NBA draft where the Knicks basically 
declared their full intent to go after Brunson uh, by by shedding salary. And we're here on Monday night, probably two and a half days before things uh, uh, sound off. And for all intents and purposes, this is done now. Only we don't know the outcome. And tonight on, or earlier tonight on a call-in show, someone asked about Brunson and uh, Jake indicated that as far as is he can tell right now, he thinks Brunson is going to be a New York Nick. Um, which, if you if you read Mark Stein, Mark doesn't say this in his Substack, but if you read enough NBA news, when you're seeing things like serious threat and yada yada, there's a lot of there's just a lot of of signs that should worry you. And this was days ago. And so now we're here basically hearing that it's a done deal. And I am, I am sort of all over the place. Like, like <laughs> my, my initial yeah. thoughts are, I don't really like how this got re- reported out. Um, I am loathe to criticize anyone that does that sort of job because you're put in the position of having to suss out information, but to do a complete 180 in a couple of weeks, like the problem is like for Maz fans, like Maz fans are never going to trust Jake again. <laughs> oh my God. I feel so bad. Yeah. yeah that's like, that's like, going to be horrible. I, it's already been a part of my DMs and it's like, I know Jake met him a long time ago when him and Tim Cato were both youths. And so it's like, he's a good reporter. And so it's just, it's like, sometimes you go with, sometimes you're told something you got to go with it mm-hmm. and it happens. I mean, it like who brother, I mean, there have been instances over the years where things haven't gotten published because you find out something last minute and it's like, it can really change people's jobs. And so I feel bad for Jake in, in that regard, because I truly do believe he was told something that just turned out to be a, a what, red herring, I guess. And, yeah. and, and, and so it's like, I don't really know what, what you do for here. So I've been talking for almost two straight minutes because I'm very, I'm very frustrated. So what, what are, where are you with this right now? Um, I think the, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. The thing that I'm trying to balance is knowing Mavericks history and knowing free agency and how things work. There's still a chance for this to 180 again. So uh, that's true. Uh, knowing the Mavericks luck and free agency. I mean, Kemba Walker was a done deal, uh, you know, in, in 20, 2019, you know, DeAndre Jordan was a done deal. Now, of course, his was a little bit more historic in the sense. I don't think that's ever going to happen ever again. No. Uh, so, you know, there's that. But, you know, there's part of me that's like not wanting to rush into things because, you know, we have <laughs> like, let's be honest, we have the pitchworks ready. They're sharpened. We've got the torches, you know, the the the. The lighter fluid is on the torches. We're ready to light them. Like we are, we are totally ready to go all in on this organization if Jalen Brunson gets away from this team. And so, of course, there's a part of me that's like itching to like just get started and get you know jump on that. Not that I enjoy it, but it's just because it, it is frustrating, uh, and you, you know you just kind of want to yell about it. Um, so I'm trying to do my best like this week to try to temper that because I know that things change really fast and there's cold feet and numbers can change and contracts can change and uh, physicals can be failed. And, you know, there's all sorts of of variables that I'm not until, you know, I get, you know, we see the Stein or the Woj tweet where it's like, you know, they have, you know, it's happy, you know, it is happening, happening, happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to temper that. But like I said, you know, we have to talk, you know, I feel like we kind of have to talk about it. And to be honest, this is probably like the the diseased like online brain that I have. I'm almost starting to get 
more mad at the potential reaction to the news than the actual news itself. And that's where I know that I probably need to like log off for a little bit. Oh, and, no, no, no. And take no. some time because I think no, I'm, you're right. I'm, yeah, I'm getting really concerned at how this is going to get spun if this is how uh, it's going to go down. And it's just going to, that's going to really, like, it's just going to pile on. It's going to really frustrate me on top of the Mavericks are potentially going to lose their second best player from a Western Conference finals team for either nothing nothing or, you know, scraps from the next. Signing trade. Signing, yeah, signing trade, but which seems unlikely because I just don't see why the the Knicks would help Dallas. The the only way I could see it is because they still have some money that they need to move, I think, to create the max room. So this could be an easier way for them to do that. You know, like instead of maybe having to attach a first round pick to one of their contracts they need to dump, they might be able to do it this way, but who knows? Yeah. And to be clear, one of the things you're referencing is (laughs) so Josh and I still very much, I think correctly view ourselves as media, but we are not part of we're not legacy media in any stretch like just because Mavs Moneyball has been around for literally 20 years does not mean we're like we're still you know you're an actual like journalist I am a fan that likes basketball a lot but it's just when you talk when when you're referencing sort of the things you're going to get frustrated by it's the it's the the already table being set reaction from sports talk radio from newspaper people from and not everybody. It's just you've seen instances of it where it's like this is just fine. It's kind of the the table being. Like, set. What are you going to do? <laughs> right, yeah. What are you going to do? You can't do anything. And my favorite reaction was actually in our Slack about what did what did he say? Um, Clint talking about yeah. how like the Mavericks have failed in star chasing free agency for so long because the truth is those guys just don't rarely leave their teams, and now they're going to get bit because someone left their team. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've had a lot of coverage up at Mavs Moneyball about this, where we have our guy Scott, CBA Mavs, who has broken down sort of extensively why he thinks the Mavericks need to pay Brunson whatever it takes. And then this late last night, Xavier wrote sort of, it's not a, a, it's not actually a um, disagreement with Scott. It's a team building thing where he says, he essentially makes the argument of, if you pay Brunson too much, you are locked into this course. Um, and it's a, and there's some good back and forth about it because like the dialogue is genuinely interesting. My buddy Seth Part now, if I can get him on the show at some point the next week, actually agrees with Xavier in saying where it's just like you don't want to be paying a non top fifty player a top thirty salary, which is what kind of we're, we're heading towards. And so the the whole thing is very interesting because it's like the Knicks have single handedly drove his price up despite how. Um, you know, Brunson had an incredible performance this year and in the playoffs, but he also disappeared just enough. And to make him your centerpiece in an offense in New York, which has Julius Randle, also a max contract guy who plays a very weird, inefficient game. Um, and then uh, RJ Barrett, one of the most disturbingly inefficient players. If you really go look at that dude's number, he shot 40% from the field last year. <laughs> And it's just like they don't have shooting. You know, Emmanuel quickly exists, who's a really interesting player. Like, they're, and Brunson's going to go there and, and take shots. Like, 
I don't understand kind of like I understand the money, but I don't understand like the team that they're building because yeah. what they're in my opinion, they're kind of effectively making the Knicks worse and the Mavericks worse. But that's kind of a, a different, <laughs> you know, it's like right. it's it's very, very, it's very, very odd. And so I I sit here and and I'm sort of I process this differently where I'm trying not to get too um too angry because I've just done that. It's, it's you know, it's 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 done, but it's like I've had enough time to think about this where I don't think it's going to be a shock either way, where it's if he resigns, I'll say, okay, interesting, good. If he doesn't resign, I'll say, I understand why he had to do that because that's like generational money after his dad was like an undrafted player and has, you know, ground out for everything they needed. And it's just, it's a frustrating situation because you and I, for the better part of four years now, have been told that we are excessively negative about everything that goes on with this team. And there's some truth in that. We haven't always been fair. But by and large, when it comes to team building, you and I, who have two very different approaches to like being fans of basketball, have been on the same page about this. And this is, you know, while Nico not offering, you know, while them not offering the the extension is a mistake, I, I sort of think that's a little bit narrative driven. This goes back to years of bad team building and execution from Donnie Nelson. And the Mavericks are going to be paying for this for the, you know, what might be the extent of Luca's contract with the Mavericks. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it's it's a ser- like, you know, that's why it's like the what are you going to do? Well, it's just like a series of events leads to this outcome mm-hmm. if this is what happens and the Mavericks were in control up until now. So mm-hmm. that's the frustrating part, you know. It starts with 2018 when they gave a second rounder what like a, a I don't know what kind of contract he got like a four three or four year contract which I think it was guaranteed and and that messed with his restricted free agency status. So it meant that he wouldn't be a restricted free agent. And the reason they did that is because they were wanting to chase uh, Giannis and they wanted money opened up if he was going to be a free agent uh, either this summer or last summer. Um, So which let's be clear, that was bad at the time. Yeah. It's been a strategy. It was doubling down on the same thing they've been doing for the last 10 years and never 10 years. Yeah. 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 So just to, Um, just to rehash it because I'm an asshole. We're (laughs) going to, it's Dwight Howard and Chris Paul all over again. It's Mike Conley and Hassan Whiteside in 2016. It's their failed plans on repeat. Now, if I'm an optimist and I, I, I am feeling broadly speaking, optimistic because when you have Luka Doncic, you have a good team. There's a Slovenian hoops basketball account that, you know, basically retweeted one of our articles and was like, everybody needs to stop being such a, such a grump about this. And my thought and response was, well, number one, most most Luka Doncic fans first kick the shit out of the Mavericks when they don't do well enough to build around Luka. So it's like, that's kind of an odd position. But but number two, I, I do kind of agree with that sentiment where it's like, Luka makes a lot of things possible. Um, but it, it, at the same time, it's just, some of these things are so telegraphed where, we didn't like in 2019 saying, what are you guys doing with your team building? And for us to get sort of pushback and say, everything's going to be just fine. There's some real interesting, there's a real valid argument to be made that the Mavericks have, have lucked out by the deals they haven't done over the last decade, as much as the deals that they've missed, you know? Yeah. Which kind of goes back to like, what were the, like the planning is just like, (laughs) It's it's not necessarily the slam dunk argument 
to defend the Mavericks free agency decisions by saying, well, imagine if they actually did the things that they were planning to do, they would be even worse. Like, like, no, it's not kind of like the, the win that you, you think it is. Cause then it's like, why are they continuously planning around these awful, you know, uh, outcomes of potential outcomes. So like, that's a whole nother, another part of it, but and, you know, it's just, you're right in that, like, it's not going to be a doomsday scenario if he does leave. Um, but the thing is, is it that just, and, and, and I agree with Xavier in a, in a vacuum and, and Seth in the sense of like, like Jalen Brunson's not a $28 million per year player. He's probably not even a $25 million per year player. And it's actually, right. it, I don't know, but it just feels like the Mavericks keep getting this bad luck and it's like, at a certain point, when is it like if it keeps happening over and over again in terms of like this bad luck that they're experiencing with free agency or roster building? It's like, well, when is it on on them? And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. to me, it's not getting an extension done, even if it's maybe been blown out of proportion by the Brunson camp, which we don't know. I'm just, you know, just throwing. No, it but just like Xavier made a really interesting point in his article where he's just like, what was what were our pieces going to fetch? Because it's a contract matching situation at a certain point. When you right. pay Dorian Finney-Smith what he was getting paid, which until his extension was a steal, and Jalen Brunson making 1.5, those in-season trades are exceptionally difficult because you have to be within a certain percentage of salary. Right, um, which means you have to attach junk, and then that mm-hmm. makes the trade less viable. Because or picks, like, which yeah. Dallas doesn't have. Right. Uh, it's, it just it, – and I know it's a new front office, so yeah. – you can say, you know, you want to say that this lacks long-term a vision, and then you're like, well, they just got started, so right. who knows what the long-term vision is now? You know, maybe they have a chance to execute it, but you know, they had chances to extend this new front office had multiple chances to extend him, and Mark Cuban's been here the whole time, and we all know that he has a significant say in the basketball decisions, so we can say it's a new front office, but I mean, the guy in charge is still the same uh, in a way, like the main guy in charge. And it's just another case of like, I mean, if he leaves and like, you you know, we've, we've gone over on the site. If he leaves and, and they do a sign trade of the Knicks, like they're not getting back anything worth what Brunson provides to the team. Like, let's just like, even if it's a sign and trade, it's not going to make up for, for losing Brunson. It's uh, the Knicks are not like just the way the CBA works. Like, it's not like they're going to get an all-star back or a comparable, really good role player. Like it's going to be Nerlens Noel and like Alex Burke, or, you know, yeah. it's going to be like guys at the end of, you know, backups coming off the end of your bench potentially. So either scenario, like it's still going to be rough. And it's just like this feeling of, you know, he's really, you know, even though he's not a $25 million player, $28 million per year player, like you, if you look at the NBA and you look at like, you look at the playoffs and it's like, you have to have good players and like Brunson's a pretty good player yep. and he's 25 years old. He's not 28. He's not a center. You know, he's not a big wing that can't dribble. Like he's a, he's an offensive creating ball handling point guard that can get his own shot. And good Lord, like you say what you will about the Utah jazz and, and how much of a mess they are. Not a lot of guys score 40 points in a playoff game or have that ability or that talent. And I'm not trying to like maybe puff up Brunson more than he is, but I'm just There's saying very like, few guys that have done it in Maverick history. It's yeah. Like, five like people and this guy's and they're, and this guy's just going to walk away from, yep. for nothing. Like that's yep. just a tough, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't yeah. happen. And yeah. so I want to state sort of unequivocally 
before we go any further that I think this front office has earned the benefit of the doubt for a period of time because you make the Western Conference Finals, and before that, you trade away an albatross of a contract in Chris Stapp for Zingas. Just those two things are pretty important to me. Yeah. Then they've made this very interesting move for Christian Wood, which is a low risk. Um, yeah, I'd say move. medium. Yeah, great move. So there's just enough going on here to where I think that they are above some level of my normal lose my shit criticism. <laughs> I yeah, I think that there's. I think that we at least acknowledge that you know the big thing for us before the new uh, regime took over with Nico. Our biggest complaint wasn't necessarily like, you know, they didn't get this specific. Like, I don't think it was like, get this specific guy. It was right. more just the molass on the roster and the the just kind of running into a brick wall with the same pieces over and over and over again. Um, and I think that was more of our, our issue. And you look at what Nico's done and, you know, he signed, he was part of the Reggie Bullock signing who ended up being maybe one of their best free agent signings that they've had and like maybe a top two free agent signing in the last 10 years, which is really yep. funny to think about. Yep. Uh, maybe top two or three. Um, and especially in terms of like impacting wins in the playoffs, like it's huge. Uh, and then, so he did that, like, you know, added a major rotation piece in block, did a major roster shakeup and trading KP did another pretty substantial roster shakeup with, uh, the Christian Wood trade, even if it was like four guys that didn't play, but I mean, it was still four guys that just weren't part of the plan that the old regime signed to like multi-year, like Trey Burke should have never had the contract he has. Uh, you, know, you know what I mean? Like the, things are changing. And and I know that the core, there's still, it's still Luca and it's still, you know, Tim Hardaway will come back and it's still Maxi and, 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 and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, but there's enough changing around like the third through six spot in the, in the rotation, which is yeah. kind of what we've been begging for them to do. So that's where, you know, I do, you know, we know that this new regime doesn't have Rose isn't watching this roster with Rose tinted glasses and they're ready. I, you can tell that they are okay with changing this thing up, which I think is kind of what we've just only been asking, like just change this thing up in some way. And, you know, adding Dinwiddie and Bertans, adding wood, getting rid of Chris stops. I mean, those were pretty big changes to the roster and the rotation. So that's where they get my, you know, benefit of the doubt there. But again, I'm just, I just want to reiterate, it's just not, it's not going to be good. Like the Mavericks will not be a better team uh, if Jalen Brunson leaves to go to the Knicks. Like it, they're going to have to find a way to get better. Like they're going to have to make a move in, within the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. Like they have to move forward like it's not going to be something where the Mavericks are addition by subtraction like they're they just flat out they'll be a worse team if Brunson's not on it uh by this weekend well we should probably close it from there because I <laughs> yeah. think it's it's sort of a melancholy post where I I I'm fully willing to accept it all I'm going to be disappointed if he leaves and if he comes back, I will probably be excited. But this, this, this process, cool. no, this process has been yeah. gross. And, you know, you and I are kind of offline at times, but it's still been like, I jokingly, I said this morning before anything even happened, I was like, I hope my friends survived the Jalen Brunson wars. Cause it's just, it's been a, it's been a gross discussion 
because not just because us like like fans you know talking about the same thing on repeat you inevitably like delve into like circular logic and and arguments over things that we don't have any control in but then when you factor in that the reporting has been an ongoing story which has slowly evolved into it being bad for dallas fans it's it just adds a lot of salt in the wound um and i i and i don't know what to do with that because this feels a little different whereas in years past to all of us it was very clear that the mavericks were getting used as leverage where it was like oh well so and so's coming here and we're like really why like it was, do you remember? Like, yeah, like the Kimball Walker thing never made sense to me. It's like, why is Kimball Walker coming here? Like that, and then the then there for a while, Windhorst reported Al Hortford. I think yeah, they were interested. Like, yeah, it's just they were if they have cap space and agents. Yeah, and them, it was include just like them a in leverage the, point where we were all like, oh, kind of, oh, this is interesting, but this is this is different because this is one where. We, I'm, I'm sure you could probably find it in our older podcast where we were like wondering what was going to happen years, like two years into Brunson's contract. People are like, uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at some <laughs> yeah. point. What does and that gonna... mean? And we're all like, oh, we'll deal with it later. Well, we're here now. Yeah. And I, you know, that combined with the same people that got mad at us when we were like, this roster is not good enough. This, you're, you're, you're crazy. This roster is good enough are going to be the same people that turn around and be like, ah, oh, this is fine. Even though like 12 right. months ago, those same people were being like, don't be mean to Brunson. He's incredible. And it's yep. like, well, what, what? it's either you can't, can't have it both ways there. And that's yeah. going to, that's going to piss me off. And, no. No, and also I mean, just I... the fact that if Brunson doesn't come back, uh, Luca will still be the only Mavericks draft pick to sign a second contract uh, since Dwight Howard in 2003. It's yep. like, how long is that streak going to go? Dwight like, Powell. Powell. You said Dwight Howard. Powell wasn't a draft pick, though. They didn't draft him. You said Dwight Howard. What did you Oh, did sorry. You Josh I'm, Howard. Josh Howard. Sorry. sorry. Brain fart. I'm like, yeah. who the heck is the last name of Howard? Yeah, it's 18 years, 19 years. And yeah. I, I often <laughs> try to continues. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like, one of the things is is second round, like, second contracts aren't as frequent as we think they are. Um but it's yeah, still no. pretty it's like it's still pretty nuts anyways yeah. this has been i think a good touch base hopefully in a couple of days we're yeah, this is all bit, stupid <laughs> yeah you know because all this stuff starts going down thursday evening uh yep. five o'clock yep. uh josh you you know you and i'll probably we'll be, be back or i'll do a live show um maybe both uh <laughs> actually probably both that there'll be a lot to talk sense. about yeah, because I want to talk with you, and then you know, if if you feel like hopping on and doing, because that green room the other like that the other day was like two weeks ago. That was that was nuts. It was fun though. I'm glad you joined. <laughs> fun. Yeah, um, I need to do that more often. Okay, team Kirk and Josh, uh, I'm going to be back with Ben uh, Zadell at some point. We needed to do the second half of our like player review stuff, and I also want to get Ben's thoughts on this because. Like Ben, like Ben dips into the macabre like exceptionally frequently when he's yeah. like, and so it's like hearing, and he's been a long time Mavs fan like us, and hearing like hearing his disgust is always pretty amusing to me. All right, uh, check out Mavs Moneyball. We have a lot of stuff up. Uh, I, Xavier is posting a piece that's going up, or um, probably at midnight here on Tuesday morning, um, where he has at first he said you know the Mavericks shouldn't sign Brunson now he has two ideas for what he thinks they should do instead and um 
just because it's posted on our site does not mean we agree with these things <laughs> is what yeah. I will say. But I, I wanted it to be a distinct post because I thought it took away from his broader argument from what he was doing uh, uh, today. So anyways, we got a lot of good weird stuff up. Like when I say weird, it's just the likelihood that we write about this specific situation again is, is just it's not going to happen. So we're, we're, we're covering it from all different angles. Uh, Kirk and Josh, and we've uh, appreciated you listening. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk with you guys a little later in the week.